I know you killed my mother. You're going to have to be more specific. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Kill James Bond. It's Girls' Night Girls again. Night. That's right, because Dev has fled the scene going to Chicago on some sort of vacation. Dev, uh, Dev's on it's, American Dome leave, which, like, frankly, a disgusting right. practice that I do not condemn. <laughs> no, we condemn anyone taking time off of the podcast to get Dome, especially in a scenic location such as uh, the United States of America. Disgraceful. We would never... Disgraceful. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's letting the side down, really. Um, <laughs> But, but so, so me and Abby are left to cover, and I have made what I think is the perfect choice mm. so for a girls' night. We have movie. a policy that we never do a main line episode on like the franchise we're doing without all three of us. So we needed something yeah. to fill the gap, and you need to like turn all three keys simultaneously to unlock the briefcase with the recording. Containing the DVD of Rambo Four, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, so in yeah. the meantime, we decided to have a girls' night girl boss movie. Um, and watch a movie about girls' shit, and Alice has selected mm. Cruella. Yes. Why now, did this you is... select this? Oh, it's not fully my choice, because this is going to make one listener very happy. So one of my girlfriends uh, made me watch this movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> one of my many girlfriends, applications taken uh, anywhere podcasts are sold. It, that's right, they're all just off screen. Um, had me watch this movie, uh, and... While it isn't a good movie, it is a lesbian sadomasochistic movie in a lot of ways. I disagree um, about the, the lesbian part. I think the film actually goes to great lengths to not be at all gay, which is hilarious given the subject matter. But I mean, lesbians lesbians were like a were like a weed. You know, we we grow in places where we're not supposed to be. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And the reason why she had me watch this was because she told me she got her Dom voice from Emma Stone in this movie. And it made a lot of things make sense for me. It vastly mm. enhanced the movie for me. Um, so well, I, consider I this enjoyed, a sort of like... I enjoyed this movie because one of my girlfriends, Flex. Mm, flex? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> is is a girl is a girl boss CEO. Um, so so mm. I was just thinking of her the whole time and and her massive empire that she runs. Um, so that was quite mm. funny. Yeah, I mean the thing is, Look, this we're is lying one of here about, by the way, listeners. Uh, for, for parasocial reasons, we are of yeah. course both single uh, because we love you, the listener. That's right. Yes. Yeah, well, and in a number of cases, this may literally be true. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I do not condone that. <laughs> <laughs> Going on dome leaf with each and every one of the listeners. Into their into their headphones. I mean, I've not been able to get a date in a while, so yeah, I could be tempted. And yet, there's a hot, perfectly good hot dog laying on the street outside. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this is one of like a billion uh, origin story prequel sort of like uh, properties where they went back and they raided the archives for like evil characters. Yeah, because right? they did really uh, well with Maleficent, right? Exactly. Exactly. And like, what uh, if we do that again? Exactly. And the thing is, right, we've talked about camp before, we've talked about loving powerful and evil women before, many times on this podcast. Um, and so you would think, doing an origin story along those lines, it's a surefire hit, we're going to love it. Um, no. Hmm. Well, not, no, 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 not this time. I mean, it's, um, it's a movie, people worked hard on it. <laughs> 
you know, there's some, it's, some it's great true. bits. And, and the thing is, Disney... Uh, a great company. Yeah, yeah. they make uh, quality. Pro- this, is this coming on the free feed? How how nice do we have to be about Disney? It is here? the free feed. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So Disney Disney have never done anything wrong mm-hmm. ever, yeah. uh, and they're they're going back to the archives t- for their beloved character mm-hmm. Cruella Deville from so 101 Dalmatians. Yes. Yeah, I mean the thing is, I genuinely like Cruella Deville as a character in 101 Dalmatians because she's uh, insane and evil. I've never um, seen it. It's Literally really never it's, seen it. it's good. So Corella Deville is this like I get, no, I get the um, concept. Like she's a like she's a crazy evil mm-hmm. lady who wants to make a coat out of the Dalmatians. I, I understand that. I've just absorbed yes, that through yeah. kind of Disney osmosis for the through the sublime. And, and like if you if you if, if you like see it, you see that she's this kind of like bird like present. She like abuses her weaker goons, um, and and she has this voice as she talks like Tallulah Bankhead, darling. Um, and it's it's very fun. It's very campy and. The one thing about Cruella Deville is that she wants to make some dogs into a coat, and you don't really need to know anything else about her. And this movie disagrees. This movie thinks you need to know the origin story of Cruella Deville, and that's what this is. Um, starting with her being born, which complete with Fallout the like three answer. <laughs> yes, yeah, um, and she has like she selects uh, her cool skills. Tim she selects Burton her special skills. Yep. Yeah, so she's born with black mm-hmm. and white Tim Burton hair. Which yes. I was like, oh, that's um, a shame that she's born that way and not like, but whatever. <laughs> she doesn't acquire it. Yeah, but this is this will be a theme. There's themes in this. Yes. Um, and we we see her get raised by her her lovely mother, and uh, immediately, like a minute sixteen into the movie, we drop this line. Her name's Estella, not Cruella. So we're already like, uh, I hate origin stories. I hate origin stories where you have stuff where you're just, it's in there to make you go, oh, that's where the thing comes from. That's where he got the Batcave from. That's where, the, and it's like, it's it never feels organic. It always feels forced. And it just, it, it feels like a sort of like crisis of confidence in your ability to like write new characters that you just like yeah. bring in more details of the old. It ones, definitely you know? does. I did I did enjoy this though, as like it did seem like a, a nice thing that a mum would do. So the idea is that like mm. when she's badly behaved as a child, her mum is it's like, Oh, you're you're being like Cruella again, like don't be bad. And like try yeah. and when try she's, and when she's got the sort of Tyler Durden on, that's yeah, Cruella. yeah, yeah. Um, it's nice. Like, you can read it that way. By yeah, the way. Yeah. You can absolutely read this movie. I, as I thought that was like quite a quite a realistic thing that like a British mum might do. Like I'm I'm pretty sure you know I've seen my uh, my. Oh, did your mum give you an evil name? Is this a common thing that I just missed out on? Yeah, but I changed it. I mean, we know this. I'm transgender. <laughs> uh, we 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 both had an evil name. <laughs> <laughs> that's true um, all transgender names are evil names yes. I'm, I'm reliably informed um, but um, uh, when, when she is raised she's sent to a girls school uh, in 1964 mm-hmm. um, she is yep. alternative but crucially she is not gay and I want you to write this down listeners Cruella, Cruella Deville <laughs> yes. is not gay in fact no mm-hmm. one is gay none of this is no. gay shut up it's not possible to because the thing about the Disney corporation is they're great mm-hmm. right and they're very inclusive socially, on a surface level, for a bit, yeah. sometimes. Even maybe. the gay character in this is not gay. <laughs> yeah, genuinely. We'll get so, to that. Um, she, she makes best friends with another girl not in gay. a it's not, gay, not gay way. Yeah. That's that's An- Anita Darling, mm-hmm. uh, in, in case you wondered where Anita the mum from 101 Dalmatians comes from, is because like every character is in this. Um, and oh, she's a bit of I a rebel. Didn't realize that was the mum from 
101? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the, the parents from 101 Dalmatians are like minor characters in this. Uh, because again, it's the sort of like um, 101 Dalmatians extended cinematic universe, yeah. right? You can't just like have new it's stuff, you can't leave stuff on the table. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Um, so she's a rebel in school. She gets like a lot of blots on her copybook, which the movie doesn't realize is a metaphor. So it has a dude literally blotting a big copybook. Um, and she gets kicked out of school for fighting, I guess. Um, she has a lot of uh, pins and like punk pins on her uniform, none of which are mm. actually recognizable and none of which are political. Don't worry. It's just a kind of, yeah. it's just an aesthetic thing. It's a little bit. She, she's very into the same thing that uh, that Pepsi thing, where um, you you hand the cops a can of Pepsi, whatever the protest that was for. That's the cause that she's got on all those pins. It reminded me actually. Um, so there's um. So uh, I just got back, listeners. I'm allowed to talk about this from filming uh, again, again, which is a movie in the US. And my character Naomi is a trans woman, and she also has like pins and stuff, and she wears this kind of like slightly alternate look and uh but all of her pins are like actual political and connected to shit so she's got like her name and then she her in the shape of battle axes and naomi also wears a pin that says i don't regret my abortion which is oh <laughs> yeah just like a funny trans joke but none of the- these are all just like yeah. symbols and colors they're not like real they don't actually say anything mm-hmm. yeah it- it's sort of like vibes of rebellion mm-hmm. um but so she is such a terror that she gets expelled her mom has to pull her out of school uh, and the plan is that they go to London because Estella, as she is when she's being good, the sort of um, Edward Norton Fight Club, uh, half of her, wants to be a fashion designer. Um, and she's like, okay, we're, well, we're going to go to the, the fountain in Regent's Park, that famous fountain that everyone knows, which I had definitely heard of, um, and we're going to have some tea and we're going to figure it all out. But first, I have to go and die. Um, yeah. By the way, we're in 1964. A, yes. Yeah. Uh, you, you can kind of tell by the fact that everything is a bit 60s, but it's quite time-confused, this movie. Yes. Um, oh, also, they give Cruella a dog, because so that she doesn't hate dogs, which I would have thought was a, a pretty big part of the character of Cruella de Vil, yeah. was hating dogs. I mean, I've, honestly, the, the thing that happens later is... Shortly is so fucking funny. Yes, um, as an origin story for yeah. Cruella Deville, this is like the joke answer. But okay, it's, so um, it's incredible. Yes. So the mum on the way to London, the mum takes them to this big mansion called Hellman Hall, uh, and she mm-hmm. says, um, "Stay in." First of all, she says, "I'm wearing this necklace. It's important for the plot. Just just notice mm-hmm. this necklace I'm wearing." Um, <laughs> you hold on to it. I need to go inside and talk to somebody. Um, you stay here, and there's a big party going mm-hmm. on. As, as this is it's a regency themed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, Estella's very impressed by all the ladies' dresses, so of course she disobeys her mum and, like, you know, sneaks out of the car mm-hmm. to look at the dresses. There's a fashion show going on inside. Um, M- Mark Strong is there. Mark Strong for is some there, reason. guy who we love. Um, guy we love to see when he's not wearing brown face, yeah. which he isn't in this movie. Uh, my so. notes say Estella goes somewhere with a lot of very beautiful people who are wearing very brightly colored clothes and being energetic, mm. but it is not gay. It's it is not, not gay. gay. It's not gay. This is not a metaphor for um, <laughs> She was born alternative, but not in a gay way. Okay? No, just o- alternative is when you have like funny colored hair, which you don't have yeah. in any way that relates to being gay. No, um, no, no. Mar- Mark Strong is is the butler of this mansion, mm-hmm. and he like sort of semi catches her. Um, Mark Strong, by the way, ch- uh, very bald mm. man, and this threw me off, as we'll True. get to later. 
<laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, just, just uh, actually, it won't come up later. You just notice that you have the like boldness notice. No, because this caused me to uh, believe something about his character, which then uh, turned out to be false later on. Um, ah, okay. Uh, yeah. You see where I'm going. Um, with. um. Yes. But we see that um, Estella's mum. I'm using Estella and Corolla interchangeably at this point. Um, is, is like out on the big precipice next to the cliff that they have in the garden. Where is this house? Whatever. It's, yeah. It's on the way to London from north, so it's presumably like Cumbria or something. But there's a cliff, so you've got to be on the coast. Yes. Yeah, the, the sort of like cliffside coasts of Cumbria. Um, and she's talking to a, a, another much more glamorous, more beautiful woman who is about to steal this entire movie, but who we don't see yet, and is like, uh, I just need some money to like take care of my daughter Estella. Um, please don't push me off of the big plot cliff. And she gets, well, she. So, so what happens what is happens? Estella disrupts the party by accident because her yes. little dog escapes. Um, <laughs> at which point, <laughs> the evil Dalmatians. The evil Dalmatians. <laughs> the evil Dalmatians appear. Uh, the dire Dalmatians. It's literally, it's like three Dalmatians that are meant to look like hostile and evil as shit. They're always like snarling. Mm. They're on like chains. They like chase her out with the like implication that they're going to like get her and like yeah. rend her limb from limb. And she jumps down underneath a hedge, at which point the Dalmatians mm. jump over her, run yep. into her mother. Yeah. <laughs> and knock her. Knock her, knock her off, off cliff, the cliff. Killing her. <laughs> yeah, is that is that even murder? Mum killed if you, by like... Dalmatians is is <laughs> fucking incredible. <laughs> <laughs> An American story. Like, yes, I laughed yeah. and laughed and laughed. It's so why, why funny. Why do you? It's so like I'm just imagining the writing process for this in order to get to why does she want to kill these Dalmatians and turn them into a coat. Because the Dalmatians killed her mum. Incredible. How would a dog do this? Uh, by by pushing her off the cliff. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yes. And uh, Estella blames herself for this. She's like, oh, yeah, if she I had the necklace, she drops and she the runs. necklace and runs. She blames herself. She's like, if I hadn't caused this disturbance, the Dalmatians would not have pushed my mother <laughs> off that cliff. Uh, <laughs> Why did they just have a plot cliff just ready to go? How do you, Dalmatians are nice. Yeah, famously so. They get they get along very well. That's why they made 101 Dalmatians, is because they're nice dogs. Yeah. You had to like really train a Dalmatian to be a piece of shit. Like yeah. they were in like sort of like dog abuse factory <laughs> in order to like They're all in like the dog to... SAS. They're all the <laughs> evil agents from the dog from dog organization from cats yeah. and dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you're the Dalmatian well, that likes, likes to pushing women off cliffs. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is not a good movie. I should no, say no, this. sorry, it's um, not. Um, so she she so, rides to London in the back of a, a bin lorry, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and uh, she sleeps on the fountain where she and her mum were gonna were gonna mm -hmm. have tea, and is crying and very sad. By the way, all this is being narrated in voiceover by Emma Stone, and the uh, the voiceover really starts to grate. Um, there's yes. like a rule in screenwriting, which is that if you're having voiceover, it should always add something which you cannot see. 
And it's like, I can mm. see that Cruella is upset because the actor is crying. I don't need Emma Stone to be like, I was so upset by what happened. I'm like, I know. Your mom just got yes. pushed off cliff by Dalmatians. I, it's very relatable. I'm sure you must feel, I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> Happened to me. I'm so sorry, by the way. No, that's fine. Um, that's how I became a girl boss. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mom, so, mom, if your mom is pushed off a cliff by domestic mm-hmm. dogs, yep. you become a girl yep. boss. <laughs> you do. So if, you, if you've seen 101 Dalmatians, you may be aware that Cruella has hired help. She has goons. Uh, and these goons are Jasper and Horace, classic, like, you know, buffoons, right? One of them's tall and thin, one of them's short and fat. Uh, they get into scrapes, and crucially, the thing about them is that they are goons, right? Cruella does not like them, she does not treat them well, she calls them imbeciles all the time. The end point, the big high, the big, like, yay moment of 101 Dalmatians is Jasper telling Cruella to shut the fuck up. <laughs> At the end of the movie, um, and what this movie does really is it takes that the time that he dropped the f bomb. Just oh, genuinely, yeah. Um, but <laughs> so this movie, I really don't like the way that it treads on to me the sacred relationship of evil genius and henchman hmm. by adjusting it into a sort of a found family thing that is crucially not gay. Not gay, not found family in that she even we even have the phrase found family later on, but it's not mm-hmm. gay. Heterosexual life partner found family. Yeah. Uh so Horace and Jasper are urchins question mark. Yes. Um thieves they pickpocket it, people. Sure. Because that's the one the thing we know of- about London is that there's a lot of adorable child pickpockets and actually when children of live course. homeless in London uh, it's a fine and b not gay. Even though forty percent, even though forty percent of homeless youth in London are LGBT, this is from the other. Even 60%. though a major subplot of Oliver Twist is the implication that they are fucking uh, being gay brackets uh, non consensual brackets transactional. Um, yeah, no what. This in in Disney and Disney London. This is fine. This is just harmless urchinry, right? Um, and the, a cop who looks weirdly like Rishi Sunak tries to stop them. They run together. Uh, yeah, I, um, when you say weirdly like Rishi Sunak, <laughs> um, yeah, this is a good point to point out that like a lot of the extras and police officers in this are officers of color, which in the 1960s I think would be like even more vanishingly rare than it is now. There's a moment later on where we like meet a police commissioner who's uh, an actor of colour, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure there wasn't a police commissioner of colour until, like, 2021. I Neil Basu was the first, yeah. It, it, commissioner so it of, that, like of that senior rank? Like, I think we're talking, like, 21st century, definitely. Yeah, um, for sure. So we're, we're um, also in the alternate version of London where racism doesn't exist at all, by the way. I mean, this is the thing, it's like, it's a movie for children, I guess, and it's a question of whether you want to, like, sort of erase the history of racism in order to make it more inclusive, or whether you want to like actually address that, and it's like no, they have chosen to just go like full inclusion mm-hmm. uh, and be like no, this is a lot of like good parts for actors and stuff, but also it's sort of like yeah. we're not going to really address the mm-hmm. the sixtiesness of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Austin Powers sort of like a- is here as well. Well, the thing is, Austin Powers did more to like address the like history and politics of the '60s than this movie does, yes. which is perhaps not surprising. Mm. Um, but so, yeah, she she falls in with them and their gang. 
of two. Immediately, um, Jasper's like, I think you should stay with us and join our gang. Like, that is the line. And it's like, oh, wow, yes. that's very blunt screenwriting. Um, also, at this point, the movie <laughs> reveals then, its hmm. one trick, which is to have an action sequence that doesn't have very much violence or doesn't have any real violence in it set to like a period piece of music. And it does this so much. Very it's got expensive a piece of music, oh, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Because uh, that's that you know that's Disney money. They just own the rights to like put you know these boots are made for walking yeah, or whatever yeah. in fucking anything, and they will. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, we then get a time lapse. Um, Estella is now Emma Stone, and I'm back in the movie. Hello, um, yes, hello. Fun, uh, yeah, like, really hello. good actor and like fucking good performance. I I feel kind of bad because mm-hmm. Emma Stone's really good, and I think she's yet to find her her big like thing. So I think it was going to mm. be Amazing Spider-Man for a while, and then that kind of tanked, and she got killed uh, in the movie. Um, and then, like, maybe it was going to be this if they made, like, three or four Cruella movies and this was a big thing, but, like, maybe not. And I'm just like, oh, mm. come on, I really want her to get a big W because she's good. She's yeah, really good at this. You want it to, like, click, yeah. yeah. She's She do- genuinely does a great job with both the voice and the mannerisms. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, of yeah. literally a cartoon character. She really does manage to, like, uh, mm-hmm. it sort of, like, embody that quite well. She dyes um, her very distinctive hair. Mm-hmm. She dies it red. Mm-hmm. Uh, Horace and Jasper, also the you know the semi-found uh, family that is not gay, mm-hmm. uh, a, a grown up. Um, I don't remember Horace, but Jasper is Joel Fry, who you know, a guy I love to see. Yeah, good I performance guess. from this but, too. Uh, um, they yeah, are they yeah, are yeah. expert thieves, and uh, Estella makes mm. all of their disguises because you know, fashion designer. Um, this is of a good course. point to notice that like the clothes, the costuming in this, real fucking good. Yeah, really I have some good. thoughts about that, which I'll, I'll, I'll mention when we get into so the, the sort of more fashion yeah. bit. But yes, yeah, yeah it's good. It um, looks looks very good as a film. They, they do some stealing, um, but it's sort of like hand to mouth. Now, at this point, we have to say, have you heard of the department store Liberty of London? Because if you haven't heard of the department store Liberty of London, you are about to hear an alarming amount about the department store Liberty of London, um, because. This, I guess, is her dream job. And do they send me a? Do they send me the handbag I wore at the Prince? No, no, that was they, someone else. Mm, yeah, Fuck they, they, they sent you the like nice bouquet of flowers after your mum got killed by those Dalmatians. Yeah, that was kind um, of. So Liberty of London is, uh, if you're not familiar, this big sort of like fashion department store in London, which is, uh, it's, it's sort of like very florals, very like big printed fabrics. Mm. Um, a, a bit kind of like mumsy, I guess, in reputation. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I suppose. I, I guess in the seventies it was cool. Like maybe? you could sell off a firebomb um, in there, and you'd probably get quite a few turfs. <laughs> I'm not saying you should, in case Suella Braverman is listening. I'm not saying you should I mean, do that. I'm saying that you uh-huh, could. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It, it's got this sort of like very annoying, very tweed, giant mock Tudor sort of like impositional building. Um, and so they finagle her a job at Liberty. Um, and what's really interesting is this movie clearly has had a lot of input from Liberty in order to depict Liberty as a shit place to work full of cunts. Yeah, I was interested in that. I was like, uh, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, did, did Disney I, I think have a Disney just like, saw them coming. Yeah, yeah. because like they lent them clearly like a lot of the stuff um and then once she's working in there they just have her like in the she's a stoker essentially and she's like scrubbing toilets and stuff she's like you know um and being sort of derided by her 
posh, awful boss. Mm. She's determined to make um, a real go of it, though. Like, she's not planning a robbery. Yes. We see her talk to the fountain as if it's her mum. And she'd be like, yeah, the fountain is her mum. Yeah. She will, like, come back to this fountain yeah, every time. Like, it's just a, it's a it's a ni- ordinary fountain. But it's a nice sort of touch. It's kind of a sentimental, like, thing that a child would do. Um, I, I think it pays off one time. I don't think any of the other times. Yeah. And she, she, it happens a weirdly high number yeah. of times. She will just fuck off down to this fountain mm. and be like, hey, mum. And it's like... Mm. Uh, but she's okay. determined to, like, make a real go of it and, like, have a legit mm-hmm. career. So, cool. Yes. Um, and this does not work because... Her boss is a dick, and she is sort of like forced to clean his office. Spots some whiskey in there, and just like hits the bottle pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which Disney movie? Interesting. Yeah, choice. <laughs> interesting. Um, and then destroys a sort of staid, very floral window display, and remakes it in what is just Vivian Westwood. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit Galliano as well, sort of like the, the she makes a big like newspaper crinoline, mm-hmm. but in in aesthetic, it's like it's all Vivian Westwood, yeah. and this is going to sort of come up later. Mm-hmm. Um, also, and... uh, a lot of the dialogue at this point is is clearly written by Americans, um, and it has this like strange, uncanny nature to it because people like she describes herself as like I mm. think you want to give a kid another shot. Um, and like, I yes. don't want you to fire me. And it's like, uh, not quite. I mean, I'm not one to talk about like uncanny British slash American stuff, mm. like because you the know, sort of mid Atlantic stuff. Yeah, yeah. because of course, a, a British person would say like, "Oi, Mister, please don't give us the sack. I've three urchins at home." Yeah, well, whereas American audiences uh, would up, "What the fuck is that?" Like, that doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, I mean, the classic thing. Like, you know, Americans say fired, we say sacked. Um, uh, Americans say uh, give a kid uh, her best shot, we say there are only two genders. It's you know, just ordinary, sort of normal cultural values. Anyway, um, she is about to get arrested, I guess, for vandalizing this window display when the movie is saved. When a second Emma strikes <laughs> the movie, uh, <laughs> Emma Thompson. Hello. Yeah. And I'm really putting a lot of emphasis on that. Hello. This is, uh, she's, it's clearly the same woman who like killed her mum, right? It's a fashion designer named The Baroness, which is sort of achingly camp. Um, And Emma Thompson, her outfits in this are all very sort of like Dior new look, right? Um, Which makes the fashion a bit confused chronologically, right? There's sort of like, you can see the contours of where this is going to go, and there's sort of, there's no 60s and there's no 70s here. It's like 50s versus 80s. Yeah, Um, yeah, interesting. Um, But anyway, she's like a big time fashion designer who's visiting Liberty, and like everyone's like very mm -hmm. impressed, and the the boss is like, I'm terribly sorry, Baroness, this vandal is being removed. She's like, who did that window? And obviously she 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 loves it, and it's like you you're hired, uh, and yeah, mm-hmm. great, cool. But by, by putting a business card in her mouth, by the way, which not gay, mm, uh, not gay, not gay, not gay. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> she goes to work for the Baroness, and at this point, I go, oh, okay, I see what this is. We're we're Disneyfying Devil Wears Prada, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, which is another movie Deville about Wears the ah, oh, very good. Thank you. Um, it's another movie about the sort of domineering relationship between two women filtered through clothes that is not gay. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, and I will say, as someone who loves women being gay, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do miss the lack of women being gay, but I value this and Devil Wears Prada and House of Gucci 
because as confused as they might be, there are relatively few films that are like literate about high fashion, right? Um, and the thing is, like, every film has a costumer, right? And they know what they're doing, but they're also like, even when they're excellent, they're still trying to fulfill the director's vision and uh, you know the producer's vision and everything else. It's only really when you do films about fashion where you have to sort of like let them do the thing, right? Um, and that's that's something I always really admire. It's because uh, otherwise it's like you kind of get the sense with costumes sometimes that it's things that costumers can sneak in under the radar. Um, and then someone like me who like knows about it will be like, oh, that's a that's an interesting choice of shirt for that character yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's um, so often like a background is, job, but it, it's hmm. like, you know, it just tells you so much about the character and like costume designers put in so much work on movies and TV that it's mm -hmm. nice to see a film like this where they really get to flex. Um, yes, but the, yeah, the Baroness is insane. She's like a mad ego. She like stops mm -hmm. the entire room of, of her like... Uh, what, what would you call a place where fashion people work? An atelier. An atelier. This is the atelier, yes. Uh, she stops uh. the whole room to read a review out loud in which she's called a genius. And, like, she's <laughs> yes. fucking mad. And may I just say... Mother. <laughs> this is... This is... I can sum up the Baroness's character in three words, right? Gaslight. Yes. Gatekeep. Girl boss. Yes, she does and these things. Dalmatian men. She gaslights the gatekeeping fuck out of this girl bossing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, it's she also, incredible. Um, she wields mm. a razor with which she cuts yes. fabric. I think this razor probably had a more prominent role as her like signature thing that has been cut down because we mm. only see it twice in the movie and that's a weird number of times to see a signature item. But at one point she is... Um, She's examining a dress that Estella has made and she wields this razor and like cuts the sleeves off and like accidentally nicks Estella. But it's not gay! Yeah, and then she says, with a tone of genuine bafflement, why are you speaking? Yes. It, it's not gay. It's, it is it's not, there not is no, gay. There's no tones here. No, right? absolutely um, not. But so, However, if anyone uh, would like to do that, please do give me... <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, I think we can, we can all agree on this. Uh, but so... Estella is working at this atelier. She's like designing. She's got like something, but she's also being sort of like a PA factotum slash weird lesbian submissive in a way that is not gay. Mm -hmm. um, so she designs a dress. But, well, she she designs this dress, and Emma Thompson mm. then modifies it, and then inspired by the sight of her blood, says she wants it to be blood red. So, and then uh, mm -hmm. as she's walking along uh, in London, Estella sees there's a little like fashion shop. Uh, and the dress yep. is being sold in the window. Like her, her dress that she helped design is now being sold. So she's very proud. And she goes in and we meet someone who is not gay. <laughs> brackets gay. <laughs> no. Yes. This is this is Disney's uh, nth non-gay, gay-coded character. It's the this first is queer character in uh, fucking whatever. Yeah. yeah. Again, in, in, it's the first queer character in Star Wars, everybody. Mm -hmm. Great. This is the Great. tone they should do all of those announcements in. There's the first queer character in. Uh, I mean, there are worse you know? tones to announce these things in. Uh, yes, yes. But um, um, anyway, what's, we how, how will we summarize Artie's deal? Queer coded. Emphasis on coded. Yes. Um, so uh, Wearing eyeliner and heels. Uh, yeah. Gay voice, yes. I would say. Yeah, yeah, that's the polite um, term for it. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Um absolutely no personal life, no deeper character, no 
sketching of anything? No. So, no. Uh, Relationship? No. No, no, no. no. Oh. So Emma Thompson, uh, not Emma Thompson, fucking Emma Stone, uh, Cruella mm-hmm. says, uh, oh, hey, like, I love the way you look. Like, you know, because Artie really stands out. We do get this brief mm-hmm. line where Artie says, oh, yeah, I mean, I tend to get insulted on the streets, but like, who wants to be normal? For being gay coded, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but cru- crucially for being gay coded, not for being gay. <laughs> No. But just for mm-hmm. he, he's insulted because he looks different. We didn't say he was mm-hmm. gay. You know, you can't no, prove his, it. His, his line his line is like, oh well, I think normal is the worst insult of all. It's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't <sighs> prove he's gay. No. Legally, you can't prove he's gay, which means you can't make them cut that line from the movie. Mm-hmm. Actually, you, you definitely can. Yeah. Um, but um In fact, you could cut him from the movie so easily. Because he's not a character. There's there's nothing there. Yeah. Um, um, however, I think I think probably his inclusion in the film is as a result of at some point somebody said, "How the fuck have you made a film about fashion and there are no gay people in it?" <laughs> the yeah, entire genuinely. like, as we see later on, Cruella completely like remakes the world of fashion by having the innovation to hire a single gay person. <laughs> <laughs> she was the first one to ever do it. Yeah. She invented. She fashion. invented yeah. hiring I- gay men. I mean, the thing is, right, I, I guarantee you. I'm very grateful to her inventing that. <laughs> <laughs> for inventing the concept of hiring a gay stylist. You're, you're genuinely going to get like um, a, a right-wing commentator being like, woke Disney is making the fashion industry gay mm-hmm. now yes. uh, in order to push their agenda. Mm. Um, so we, we get some about a, a dozen more Devil Wears Prada scenes, which I just lap up like a dog. Yeah, right? I like want to be the Baroness when I grow up. Um, yes, truly. I don't know. The film, um, the film does have this recurring problem, which is that uh, it has like two or three versions of the same scene that tell us the same story dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's two it's hours and twenty. Just, just like, just follow Emma Thompson around with a camera. And just let her do whatever it gets she boring. wants. Like it's two I, hours twenty minutes long. This I movie, would, and I'm like, you could have cut never. a good half hour out of it. Mm. Here's the thing: you could cut everything that doesn't have Emma Thompson on screen and just let her do whatever she wants, and for the rest of it, honestly, I'm, yeah, I'm just getting nothing. Emma, really? Emma Stone, yeah, hello. I mean, Emma Thompson, for sure, but I'm getting nothing. It's not the kind of Dom I like. Incredible. Not the kind of Dom I like. Wow. <laughs> you know the kind of Dom I like, case, and it's not this. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Sadly, so, the Dom I so, like is not in this movie. There are no women like that. Yeah, the, you know the Dom you like is in a different country, typically. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yes, true. <laughs> but so, um, at this point, Kaven Novak has to show up. Um, guy we love to see. Guy who, in my head, is entirely typecast. I cannot see him as anything other than Nandor in What We Do in the Shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, as the guy from 101 Dalmatians, Roger. Yeah. Uh, he's like a lawyer in this. He's comic relief. Because uh, you yeah. got to have him in the thing. Mm-hmm. Um so that's cool. Nandor shows up. Thanks. Great. Um, thanks. Thanks. Good. We also, thanks for being in the movie. Uh, so she becomes get, uh, Emma Emma Thompson's like PA, basically. Yes. Slash, like prodigy. One, one thing that I really like most of all, my favorite bit of this movie is uh, she's like eating lunch in the back of the Rolls Royce or whatever. Um, like commenting on designs, and she says, "Oh, that, that's something." Rolls down the window, throws the entire sort of like lunch thing with like a silver fork and a napkin out of the window. Doesn't even look. And it's like, uh... but it's not gay. It's it's incredible. I mm. well, it's just me then, but that's fine. Um, this is the kind of dom sort of... I am. So it's not the kind of dom I'm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well. We also see that uh, Emma Thompson has the necklace, yes. right? The big plot necklace. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And she triggers and owns Emma Stone by being like, ah, I got this off of uh, a, a woman who was dumb enough to stand next to my murder cliff mm. and get pushed off of it by three evil Dalmatians. Yeah, she says, an employee <laughs> of mine uh, stole this and then, like an mm-hmm. idiot, died by falling off a Dalmatian a cliff in a Dalmatian-related incident. Um, <laughs> Which means we got to do like a... Oh. just like, a Dalmatian was discharged. <laughs> One day, yeah, a Dalmatian, Dalmatian involved pushing. pushing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she also says like, oh, she was a dipshit, like she had some child that she couldn't raise, whatever, who gives a shit. Um, yeah, sort of uh, normal cruel stuff. This yeah. sets up like 45 minutes of heist scene. Yeah, so Corella resolves which- to steal the necklace. Um and yeah. she, did, she resolves to do it whilst everyone is distracted at Emma Thompson's black and white ball. Um, mm-hmm. We do get the beginning of a nice... I do like the relationship between Jasper and Corello in this, like as characters, because Jasper's like, you know what, mm. why don't you just let it go, you know, because this is a good job and you can hold this down. Like, you don't need to, you know, go after this. But Corello is, like, adamant. Um, and so uh, she... she well, she realizes, though, that if she goes to the ball as Estella, she will be recognized. So she needs to go... Mm. In disguise. Thus, guess who's back but Cruella DeVille. Yes, right? with the hair. Um, with the hair. And they steal a bit from Hunger Games because the way that she makes her big distracting entrance is she has like a white cloak to fulfill the theme that then burns off to reveal the red dress that she got from, from Artie, right? Which I'm insanely the, the dangerous. Cl- yeah, the cloak made of pure magnesium mm-hmm. uh, really sort of like brings an element of danger to any party. Yes. Um, yeah. We also get a, a bit of fighting at this point, and I don't know why. Just before she... that, there is mm. there is a line where Anita Darling, brackets adult, is at the mm. party as a journalist. Yep. She's like a fashion journalist now. And For Tattletale, yes. a thinly veiled tattler. Yeah, uh, the, the Baroness is rude to her ostensibly mm. because she has blue ink on her uh, dress from a fountain pen and um, you're only supposed to wear mm. black and white um, but the Baroness's line is um, didn't you get the theme no colour and Anita yes. Darling is, is racism Anita Darling is played by a black actress and I'm like my notes say racist question mark I, d- I genuinely don't know if it was intended on that level or not yeah I because I, like that's a we've not addressed racism in any of this before because it's a Disney movie for children, um, but like that's that's quite a heavy thing. Like I don't know, I genuinely don't know. And also, like in um, classic sort of corporate movie making style, a lot of the characters have like one or two lines are played by actors of color, um, which is just you know mm, yeah, to kind of f- filling out the a quota sheet. Usually, yeah, sometimes literally and the quota. Yeah, like bounces yeah. a lot of a lot of her henchmen are uh, are actors of color, mm-hmm. um, and it's just like. Uh, <laughs> well, that's not racist then, because she's like I know, a hiring I know. Like, well, yeah, she, she hires, but yeah, like um, she assaults <laughs> one of her employees later on. Um, that's, that's true. But yeah, um, it's just it's just like well, that line just kind of stuck out to me. But then we do get some yeah. some fighting in quotes. Yeah, it's very strange because this is not she she like fights some guards with a cane, and we don't know where this came from. It's never been a part of her character before. It never is after this. And it, it doesn't really fulfill any need in the script other than some shots for the trailer of Emma Stone hitting a guy in the face with a cane, which I'm all for, right? I'm in favor of Emma Stone hitting people in the face with a cane, right? But mm, like, me, please. it feels, yeah, exactly. But it feels a bit gratuitous. 
Um, it smells. I have no no proof of this. Maybe I'm wrong, but it smells like uh, pickups. It smells like reshoots. I think somebody's mm. like somebody was like punch it up. We need more of these scenes where you have an expensive song and somebody does something dynamic. Yeah. Also, kind of this thing of like you can't have a character who isn't like physically dangerous. Now everyone has to be capable of whipping out some like martial arts, as in fact Artie does in like a sort of nothing shot. Uh, later on, yeah, everything okay. Uh, my my next note just says the dog that killed Osama bin Laden, which is not very helpful. Um, why did why did I write that down? What did I mean by this? I don't know. Um, um <laughs> but anyway, Jasper breaks into the safe while all this is happening. He does. Sorry, excuse me, Hosper, uh, Horace. My apologies, Hosper. Hosper. Yeah, Hosper. That, that's the sort of like gay ship between. Not gay. Them, not Hosper. gay. Um, <laughs> do you think? Do you think Horace and Jasper have explored each other's bodies? No, no, I don't think that. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, but uh, just like there is nothing gay about Emma Thompson making Emma Stone take off her shoe and then saying in quite a sharp tone, "Don't touch the ankle." There mm. is nothing gay about this. Yeah. Um, um, so Horace breaks into the safe. And it's empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then Emma Stone sees that actually the Baroness is wearing the necklace, which I thought was a bad choice because the necklace is red and that is off theme and the Baroness would not do that, but whatever. Um, yes. So uh, at this point, you know, Baroness and Cruella have this conversation. Cruella's also wearing a mask, by the way. Um, so mm. she doesn't recognize her somehow, despite her having been the same height as... Well, she's doing the evil voice. She the is. evil voice that Cruella does is a lot more theatrical. It's also funny um, that like it's kind of modelled mm. after the Baroness's voice, which is quite funny. She's like copying yeah, the Baroness's truly. own mannerisms, which is quite funny. Mm. Uh, yeah, they have this conversation which doesn't really fucking go anywhere. Um, and then uh, <laughs> Horace has been apprehended and Jasper yep. causes a distraction with some rats during which Cruella steals the necklace Chaos yep. ensues, a party is disrupted, loud 60s music plays. The Dalmatians yep. are sick on somebody. Yep, uh, I write down, it's not really cinema unless it has a fat man falling bodily into a cake, is it? Yes, uh, yes. As, as we indeed get. That's true. One of the Dalmatians eats the necklace. And also, uh, the uh, Baroness hmm. sicks the Dalmatians on somebody by blowing a dog whistle. Yes. At which point yes. Cruella has a flashback and realizes that it wasn't <laughs> death by Dalmatian misadventure. It was murder, uh-huh. brackets the weapon is a Dalmatian. <laughs> that actually in the flashback, the Baroness murdered her mother by sicking mm-hmm. vicious Dalmatians on her off now, a cliff. I, I have a number of questions, but most of all, the, the, you have a whistle, the implicit command of which is kill, mm-hmm. right? And you just keep that on you all the time hot what, what if that is the hot, okay hot, first the of hottest all, thing she does first of all true second of all all dog whistles work the same this is going to be a problem for the movie once you know this fact um that's true any do- if you take the dalmatians to the park and someone has an unrelated dog whistle yeah <laughs> You also have you live some in problems. you live in Britain. Like everything we say in the media in this country is dog whistles. Those Dalmatians are going <laughs> to be like good. slaughtering left, right, and center. Um, yeah, that's right. But yeah, Cruella realizes that actually uh, the Baroness murdered her mother. Um, mm. At this point, she steals a car, which uh, goofs is left hand uh, drive. The 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 car brackets origins. I do. It is funny that they establish her as a bad driver, given that that's her comeuppance in 101 Dalmatians. Um, but yeah, that you have to know how she got the like evil car, and this is how. Um, and then, so 
she sort of goes Joker mode. Yeah, she at becomes this point. the Joker. Um, yeah, she becomes the Cruella. Yeah. Um, and I'm even more back in the movie because she starts using the evil voice. And the evil voice is very fun. Yeah, this is hot. This is hot to me. Um, mm-hmm. um, I mean, here's the this thing. This is the kind of right? Dom I like if she was like two feet taller and very strong. Mm-hmm. She starts doing Cruella shit. Mm-hmm. And I write down, sometimes one of your friend's voices just mysteriously gets sexier and stays that way, and you as a friend just have to live with it. That's very true. As we know on this podcast. That's very, very true. <laughs> and as we see Horace and Jasper doing their best to sort of be allies about it, but they're like sort of noticeably like, oh man, does she sound sexier? Like, is what happened with the... Like, mm. <laughs> you saying they're trying to be allies about it? That's just like, it's not gay. It's not it's gay. It's not gay. It's not gay. Um, but they, no, they are just like, is she alright? Transgender. Yeah, because she's like um, wearing the makeup and like a lot of black and like calling them mm. darling and stuff. And, and they're she's just like, stopped dyeing her hair. Yeah. So she has the like half white, white hair. hair. So they're just like, you know what? Yeah. Let's just kind of, she needs, she's just found out her mum was murdered by Dalmatians. So she's probably don't need, you know, it's fine for her to just be weird just, for a just bit. Just go with it, yeah. Um, so at this point, um, she goes to find Anita Darling, mm-hmm. who is working for Tatler. And I write down, you have to reintroduce yourself to old friends from school with your new name, and they might not recognize you. Uh, but it's not trans. It's not no, it's gender. not trans. It's not. It's not trans, and it's not gay. Mm-hmm, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's about being alternative and different, but uh-huh. but for straight mm. people. <laughs> yeah, um, and she enlists Anita's help as Cruella to destroy the Baroness on the field of, like, honourable fashion combat, which I guess is a thing now. Yeah, sure. Um, um, meanwhile, Horace and Jasper steal the Dalmatians because they're like, well, we need yeah. to wait for these dogs to shit so that we can mm-hmm. get the necklace. Yes, and we get some more American dialogue where Horace is, like, very into watching the Tottenham Hotspurs tournament game. Um, yes, not the match, but the game. So I'm like, mm-hmm. mm-mm-mm-mm. Um, she's like very mean to Jasper with the dogs though yeah yeah. Yes. Uh, she's mean to Jasper and Horace who like push back slightly and she like doubles down as more mean than she hires Artie to like be the gay man who who like gets all of her fashion and style shit together which mm-hmm. I mean she just like me for real you know she's not even the highest paid person at Cruella she's not like- she's not <laughs> <laughs> Artie just moves in downstairs into the Batcave. Mm. She she um, changes her name and then hires a gay man to be her stylist uh, in, in mm-hmm. order to like you know have a great career and potentially destroy another woman. Like it's it's fine. <laughs> Absolutely, totally normal things to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so at but this point, she begins this. She's still hmm. she's still uh, closeted at work. She's stealth at work. Yes, but she's yeah. she's going to she's... work as a Stella with a with a red wig. Hmm. Uh, and we see her do these sort of like acts of fashion terrorism mm-hmm. against the Baroness, mm-hmm. uh, which are j- legitimately quite fun. Like there's one with a, a dress made of trash mm-hmm. uh, showing up to like dump garbage bags all over the end of a runway, mm-hmm. which is like it's genuinely fun. We got a girl. Um, we got a girl boss montage. Um, we do. We. I think we. This at this point, we also have to talk a bit about punk fashion, right? And uh, Vivian Westwood included, because it's it's now sort of very much. This is old news. It's been been this way for decades, but it, it successfully sanitized and establishmentized, if I can use that word itself, to the point where it trickles down into Disney, right? 
Um, and that's been an interesting feat because if you go back and look at the stuff that Vivian Westwood and Malcolm McLaren were doing in the 80s, there were a lot more harder edges, and that's why you can find all of those photos of Joan Jett wearing like swastika patches and stuff. Um, because it was that kind of provocative, and now it's just kind of anti-establishment in the way that Cruella is anti-establishment, which is to say uh, a vibe. Yeah, it makes people's monocles pop out, but it's not really like that. It's not really transgressive. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not really sort of like criticizing this movie for not having a, a complete history of fashion here, but it's very funny to do this to uh, basically to Dior, right? Because that's the Baroness's thing is Dior and maybe to like an extent Chanel. Um, and no, there were like two decades in between. Like uh, what Cruella did to Diane von Furstenberg doesn't bear thinking about, presumably. Um, but so yeah, um, <laughs> this campaign of, of of sort of like fashion warfare provokes the Baroness to like track down Anita. Mm-hmm. And okay, so you're genuinely telling me that this does nothing for you? No, I don't cry. I'm not. You will. Little, little micro expressions in the lips around that too. Nope, uh, I'm getting nothing. It's too civilized. It's, ships, it's too nice. Ships, it's too polished. Ships passing in the night. You, you, you like again. You this like is too much my shtick. Like this is what I do, mm-hmm. so it doesn't work on mm-hmm. me. Ah, I see. See what I mean? Yeah, no, see, this is the thing. Yeah, two houses alike in dignity. You like the feral. I like the clinical. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Never the twain shall meet. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the thing. That's what you need for a podcast is that kind of gestalt, yeah. right? Um, I mean, I can also do the but, feral, but it's just that's just my hmm. my personal preference. Um, so, uh, well, I mean, all, all all I have to say is that uh, she did that line, and I did. I, I have some drops here. Mother, mother, mother. She's coming. <laughs> Amazing. Set that up in advance. Well done. Well done. Um, Thank you. Uh, so, Estella designs a gorgeous dress because the Baroness is going to have another yep. big part. It's like a spring fashion line. Cool. Uh, the Baroness is going to take credit for mm. it, um, but she takes her out for a little drink to celebrate. And we, we learn a little bit about the Baroness. Yes. And I like this scene because she says, you know, if you I if you if you're going to be a girl boss in a man boss world, you you, you can't <laughs> take you can't take care of other people. She says, you know, if if I'd cared about other people, if I hadn't trampled on everyone to get where I am today, then my talent would have been ignored and shut away in a drawer like so many other women. And I was just like, yes, yeah, hmm, okay. I, I don't care for this for a number of reasons. I think it's trying to have its cake and eat it, right? Um, I, I think trying to humanize the Baroness, especially in this like sort of feministy way, misunderstands why people are drawn to evil women in the first place, right? I think the appeal of Cruella Deville in 101 Dalmatians, or the appeal of Maleficent, or the appeal of, I don't know, Ursula the Sea Witch or any Ursula heads out there, right? Is that they don't have to the explain freaks, themselves yeah. and they don't have to be reasonable. It's it's liberating and it's transgressive to be like, no, I want I don't want to cure cancer. I want to turn people into dinosaurs. I don't want normal things. I want to kill Dalmatian puppies and make them into a coat because I like fur coats and I think I'm going to look good. That's Sort of like that's appealing. That's rebellious, and it's more rebellious. I suppose than uh, yeah. uh, than this is. I suppose I can definitely see. I suppose because like it also sort of puts it within 
a heteronormative logic. And so, so you can understand where the baroness mm. is coming from, from a heteronormative point of view. And like in a man boss world, you've got to be a girl boss. Sure. Um, but like, I, I definitely can see, especially for queer people who are always being told that we are like unreasonable or that the things that we want are impossible or ridiculous. I can see mm. the appeal of a character who wants unreasonable, impossible, ridiculous things. Genuinely. It's, it's more appealing and it's more transgressive uh, to identify with something that the narrative does not expect you to, Yes, like, I'm going to turn these dogs into a coat, mm -hmm. than the kind of pandering, having it both ways thing of, like, Artie, for instance, where it's like, ah, I think that actually it's good to be a little bit strange and unusual. It's like, no, fuck you, I don't want to be strange and unusual, I want to kill your dog, and I want to turn it into a coat. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Uh, be, be, strange and unusual, uh, because, brackets, tolerant. Like tolerable. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's like I, <laughs> I actually think it's cool to be disgusting. Um, <laughs> the other thing is, once you do this, you immediately start pulling your punches on the evil, and that's what they do with Corella now. Is yes. she's like they they like sort of tease it with the Dalmatians, where she's like, oh, maybe I want to turn him into coats, but I don't really. I love him really. Yeah. I yeah. Actually like she, goes, she looks at one of the Dalmatians because it would make a fabulous coat, and Jasper's horrified. She's like, I'm kidding. Um, but at this point, uh, Horace and Jasper stage a break in at the Baroness's warehouse and deliberately get seen but not caught. Uh, so the Baroness locks up all the dresses for her spring show in a big mm -hmm. vault. Um, and one of yeah. these is is the, the big dress that Cruella has designed that's like covered in beads, we are told. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, at the big uh, spring show, Mark Strong is like, hello, I'm still in the movie. Um, which, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, he also like, I think, defends Estella. They still don't know that, that she's the same person as Cruella. Um, but Mark Strong mm. is just like, oh, I think Estella's a good employee, actually. She's cool, whatever. Um, the safe has been sabotaged. Yeah. And when they finally break it open, it's full of moths. Yeah, and she has like sewn a bunch of moth cocoons to mm -hmm. the dress mm -hmm. in order to eat the entire spring collection. Yeah. Which is, okay, fine, whatever. That's, that's silly, that's fine. And she uh, has staged an alternative fashion show, brackets not gay, mm -hmm just outside. So all the guests run screaming from this cloud of moths that is unleashed, and they run right across mm -hmm. the street to Corella's fashion show, which is like punk aesthetic, and she has yep. a Dalmatian print coat, which admittedly and is sick as fuck. I want it. Is it is sick as fuck. It truly is sick as fuck, but also... Go to Google where to get that, this because it is this really allows, good. It allows Emma Thompson to... What forces her to deliver a line which is objectively hysterical, but this is the thing: you get an actress like Emma Thompson to do it with a straight face, it circles back around. That's my point about camp again, right? She looks out the window at this fucking concert where Cruella is playing "Now I Want to Be Your Dog" uh, in not a gay way, and says, "Killed my dogs and made a coat." Which is just, it's, it's incredible, I, right? I like really the... want that coat. I know that Disney will, <laughs> Disney will have it in the vault somewhere where all the costumes mm. go after you finish making movies, or it'll be like on display in a museum or something. All right, time for a mandatory 45-minute heist scene. Yeah, but um, also Emma Thompson's very short, so it wouldn't fit me. But I might Google after this and just try and get one made. I mean, maybe, maybe you I know what you got to do? She just kills some Dalmatians. Wait, no, I'll just message Brian. <laughs> Like, Brian? Have Brian kill 101 Dalmatians. Um, I'll get my goons to do it for me, darling. Yeah, so so she, uh, the Baroness follows the goons back to the Batcave, captures them, tries to frame them for Cruella's murder, 
by burning down the Batcave with Cruella inside it. She escalated to murder one pretty pretty fast. Uh, yeah, admittedly, uh, it I was appreciate. a mistake by Cruella to go after somebody who mm. you know is a murderer. You know that Emma mm-hmm. Thompson is a murderer because she murdered your mum. So, oh yeah, error and, and she has she has that line that I used at the beginning, which is you know she confronts her. And she's like, "You murdered my mother," and she's like, "You have to be more specific, darling." Mm-hmm. Uh, which is which is very fun. Uh, she's chewing scenery in this. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, also, so, annoyingly, and mm-hmm. I I was really annoyed by this. The Dalmatians mm-hmm. are still alive and they are retrieved by the Baroness, yeah. which I'm like, it Having would it both have ways. been better had she fucking mm-hmm. killed them. Genuinely, genuinely, yes. Um, but you, you try and pull your punches, and this is what happens, right? As you make a movie about a, 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 a sort of a villain who is not that villainous. Um, but so uh, she gets rescued from the warehouse fire by Mark Strong. Huge surprise, right? At this point, I look at the the time elapsed. There's 43 more minutes of this movie, and Mark Strong is not getting through the exposition quickly. No. There's a lot of it. Yeah. Um, so at this point, I thought what was going to happen is we were going to reveal that Mark Strong is actually her father, and that he used to work. Hmm. And I was like, oh, like her mom used to like be a servant to the Baroness. Like that's what it is. And like I thought we were going to see a picture sure. of young Mark Strong with hair, and it's like half black and half white. I thought that was mm-hmm. what we were going to do, but instead, Mark Strong delivers something that's uh, this makes no fucking sense. Yeah, so, like, so, 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 so what dumb. happens? What happens is the Baroness gets pregnant, and she has the baby. But then, having had the baby, she says to Mark Strong, "I'm paraphrasing a bit here. Please kill my newborn baby with a hammer." Mm-hmm. And Mark Strong is like, "I'm not going to do that. I'm going to hand it to the nicest one of the maids, and she's going like, to live in secret." Hand it to the first secret. woman I see. Genuinely. And what? like every time every time after Corella learns this, she keeps saying to anyone who is involved with it that she like uh, she gave me away or she like left me. It's like no, 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 she didn't. She told Mark Strong to kill you with a hammer and he didn't want to do it. Like that's the the, the baby murder is sort of like an important part. Anyway, what this does say is that narcissism, evil and fashion design are all strongly heritable traits. Yes. Yeah. So so Corella is actually the Baroness's daughter. Mark Strong has a birth certificate. Mm-hmm. Um yep. and he says that means you are the Baron who's deceased. You are his rightful mm-hmm. heir. Like all the mansion, the title and everything that belongs to you. So all right, mm-hmm. now we need to this makes no fucking sense. So first of all, First of all, women in the United Kingdom cannot inherit noble titles unless they are members of the royal family. So still, Mm -hmm. so immediately, she cannot inherit the baronetcy. Secondly, okay, so we have a birth certificate. So the baroness legally did have a child who is now legally believed to be dead. So presumably when the baron died, the baroness inherited all of that. She's not just like living, she's not squatting in that mansion, right? So presumably she she can in her will bequeath her stuff to whoever she wants um, and this this does come up later because immediately we see the contour of the ending which is like the knives out thing where Corella's going to inherit all the all the shit right she's going to be Baroness Corella mm-hmm. and it's like this doesn't make sure. any fucking sense dog like oh, so all you have is the birth certificate and the testimony of Mark Strong even if you went to court over that how are you going to prove that you are the baby named on that birth certificate the only witness who can possibly confirm this has like gone off a cliff in a Dalmatian-related incident fifteen years ago. Like, <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. Like, yeah, this is the kind of thing that like ends up in like Chancery Court for like five hundred years. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been dead for like four hundred and ninety of them. Yeah, um, the United Kingdom yeah. does not allow strangers, in particular, like people who were raised on the streets, 
to inherit large noble mansions with any yeah, ease. How do you, what about How do you think country? we have nobility <laughs> is by not letting people the, inherit it? Yeah, gave the impression that you could easily inherit like noble shit. Like, no, you cannot. They got that shit incredibly jealously. Like, of course they do. I mean, that's funnily enough, one of the sort of uh, first instances of a legal change of gender relates to the heritability yeah, of, no, of, no, of nobility. But if you could uh, easily yeah. inherit noble titles that you had, that your family had lost a long time ago, let me tell you, I would not be a fucking podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, uh, Cruella is like sort of rocked by this this revelation, um, and she goes to talk to her mum, Brackets Fountain, one last time. Um, and this is the emotional payoff of all of the Fountain stuff. I think it's pretty good. It's also trans of gender, where she's like, uh, "Nah, I gotta, I gotta be the damn Joker." Uh, like I. I can't not be because that's what my true nature is. It's um, it's well performed, but this monologue is mm -hmm. too long because it's overwritten, and mm -hmm. unfortunately, they shot it in one take, like one unbroken mm -hmm. shot. So you also can't cut it. So about mm -hmm. two thirds of the way through the monologue, I'm like, yeah, 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 all right, whatever. Let's get on with it. Yep. Uh, also, strangely enough, whenever she describes being Cruella or being like her mother, she says psycho, which is oddly cruel American. for a movie that is trying to like yeah. sand all the cruel edges off of uh, 101 Dalmatians. You know? Yeah, it's also just not something um, that you would say in, in that wouldn't be the choice of vocab in Britain. It's very much an Americanism. Um, yeah, for sure. Mental, in it. Yeah. Um, so, at this point, uh, <laughs> we get some more Emma Thompson scenes. Dropping the arse <laughs> <laughs> so, I have to be uh, R-weighted to be a girl boss. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I really wanted to cite about this Emma Thompson scene is she like gets mad that Cruella has like escaped. She throws a chair, the chair spirals off, and clearly not intentionally hits an extra. But they hold on it, and she like ad libs it out in a way that uh, is incredibly cool. Uh, Emma Thompson, hello. Um, yeah, she busts uh, Horace and Jasper out of jail by dressing like Mario for some reason. Yeah, odd. Also raising the question, where the fuck was Artie? Did he just like fuck off mid-fire? Like, yeah, he, he went back to his store, as we see shortly. Because everyone oh, thinks okay. that Cruella is dead. It's reported in all the papers. Mm -hmm. She busts Hosper yeah. and ja uh, Hos Hosper and Jarrison. Yeah, whatever. Fuck these two guys. <laughs> she busts her goons out of prison and apologizes to them. And they're all staying in Mark Strong's house now. And then goes to see Artie, mm. and he's like, "Oh, I thought you were dead. Uh, so I just went back to what I was doing before. I'm available. Yeah, whatever. Cool." Mm -hmm. So they plan a caper. Uh, they plan a girl boss caper, which involves yes. delivering uh, clothes it, it, it to it involves all the guests. Explicitly, Artie's tribe of seamstresses, which sounds like a slur, even though it isn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to meet them. And... Don't I, maybe. Um... <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, and they really, really, really try and have it both ways with the family shit, again, because she's like, I'm, I'm gonna go sicko mode, I'm gonna do it, um, I, I'm, I'm getting my cool evil name of Deville from the car. It's like a Cadillac Deville, it's like, it's a weak, okay, fine, whatever. Um, but then she also has to have a talk with Jasper, where she's, she's like, oh, I'm not really evil, I'm just drawn that way, or whatever. And it falls between two stools. Like, I don't... Also, she's like, 
uh, I don't know. Is it is it compulsory heterosexuality? If, if did you read like romance into this scene between her and Jasper? Yeah, there's there's like a little bit of like. I mean, it is also that there's kink undertones here. I think mm. because his line is, "I find it very difficult to say no to you," and she says, "That's one of the things I like about you," um, mm. which is she, has, it's fact, um, she says one of the things I love about you. Um, oh, so I was just okay. like, oh, okay, so we're establishing that, that no one's gay. But also still yeah, in a no way, just gay. like they, don't, they also don't have a relationship. No one's straight either. In fact, the only mm. the only like actual romantic or well, we know it's a sexual relationship that is depicted in this movie is the Baroness and the Baron. That's true. Um, um, meanwhile, the Baroness is chewing some more scenery. She's, I mean, she's my she's my dream girl, man. She's like literally in this scene, she sprays a guy in the eyes with Chanel number no. five, and then just starts hitting people with a stun gun at random yeah, for fun. Yeah, I knew you would it's, like that. It, everything I've ever wanted um but she's about to throw a big uh, party and uh the caper mm-hmm. involves delivering clothes to all of the baroness's would-be guests um and of course yes. they're all given wigs so they all look like corella so when the baroness comes to make a big entrance to the party everyone looks like corella and the baroness Thomas is also like crown affair ass. yeah 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 so the baroness is also like pretty sure corella's still alive because there's nobody and she's like okay she's gonna try and go joker mode on my big party but like <laughs> you know don't know what's gonna happen yeah Horace does some cross-dressing as a joke. Yes. Um, immediately gets bathroom inspected by a security guy mm-hmm. um, who gets kicked in the back of the head by Artie, which is... Why the, why the fuck does Artie need a little badass moment? Like, it's it's so super. I'm not complaining. It's the only time Artie physically touches another man. And I'm like, great, cool, I'll take it. <laughs> that's, that's true. You contrive intricate rituals to touch other men. Yeah. <laughs> Because you can't be gay. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, the, yeah, everyone looks like Corella, and then uh, she does some Assassin's Creed online shit by sneaking I went around. I like Hitman here. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, same, Corella's same difference. Sneaking through the party where everyone's dressed like her, and like the Baroness knows she's in there somewhere. Does she inject the Baroness with something? No, she just jabs with a hat pin to distract her, and then steals her dog whistle. Oh, okay. I, I thought um, she, uh, I thought she'd injected it with something because there's that no, during I, the conversation with Jasper earlier on. Jasper's like, you know, killing her won't make you feel better, and Corella's just like, don't worry, I'm not going to kill her. I promise. And it's like, oh, you've mm-hmm. taken all the tension out of it. I liked it when I was like, is she about to commit murder? Yeah, yeah. She I, I think you're meant to dogs, be like. Man. Is she about to like stab her with this happen? But no, she just like distracts her with it. Um, and then she uses the dog whistle, sort of hitman target style, to move her to uh, Murdercliff in the garden uh, while her found family, brackets not gay, sort of move everybody out, usher them out into the garden. Yeah. She's also which... dressed as Estella at this point. She's changed back into Clark yes. Kent. I should also say the Baroness is here being sneaked up on by. A crowd of all of her party guests. Yes, does not notice. Party guests, famously um, very quiet people. Nobody talks as they come out. But anyway, they have this mm-hmm. uh, this family reunion scene. Silent disco. Yeah, uh, where the Baroness says, uh, I, "I thought this should have been a genuine moment." I was disappointed by the way the scene ends. But anyway, the Baroness says, "Abandoning you was, was a mistake. I'm really sorry." Mm-hmm. She apologizes. She says, "We should work Join together. Me. Together we should. Together we can rule." Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, then like says. I want to give you a hug, but then of course pushes her off the cliff. Um, I like this. I genuinely do because uh, Estella sort of like guilelessly goes, "You're not going to push me off the cliff, are you?" And she's like, "Darling, of course not." Pushes her off the cliff. Uh, it's like genuinely very, very little evil in this movie about evil women, and it manages just a little glimmer mm-hmm. in this one. Uh, she, she, she like gaslights her. Mm-hmm. Everyone um, sees this. 
uh, and mm-hmm. uh, the Baroness is arrested for for murder. Um, sure. For like murdering her assistant Estella, who, as far as anyone knows, is is still alive, of course. Uh, so mm-hmm. nice, nice, clever little deceit. But of course, she has a a parachute, <laughs> a, a skirt parachute. Yes, great, um, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, my my note for this was simply yeah, sure. Uh, she she like parachutes to safety. Um, we also and- see that. Estella, in the persona of Estella, of Estella, has previously gone to a solicitor's and written up a will to leave everything yep. that she owns, which is you know the mansion, the mm-hmm. title, and everything, to Cruella Deville, her friend. So, who is dead? I think yes. Who I, who mm. who is who is legally dead? Who also has no ID? Who cannot prove where she was born? Presumably. If Estella has drawn up a will willing the mansion and baronetcy to some, like no one told the baroness, like, hey, somebody's here claiming to be the baron's heir. Like, no one, no one mm. knew this. How? Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's, I suggest mm. you don't worry about this sort of thing and just enjoy it. Um, <laughs> That's right. I'm trying. I'm really trying. It's not a good movie. Yeah, and, um, and then uh, the Estella persona is buried. And it's quite a good epitaph on her grave. Did you catch that? Uh, it's like what, like daughter fashion designer? Designer daughter dead. Yeah, which is quite sort of. It's a little bit Tim Burton. I quite like it. Um, you, you get a, a an absolute dog. Pardon me of a line where she says, "Poetic justice is just so poetic." Which yeah, great. Um, uh, and then uh, one of the dogs is pregnant. One yeah. of the Dalmatians. So it's like the, the Dalmatians, the hundred and one Dalmatians, the kids of the Dalmatians, are the fucking thing. Yeah. And then, and then when we we move into the mansion and we get the most expensive needle drop of them all. Sympathy for the devil, right. but it doesn't end there. I don't, did you catch this? There is a mid-credit scene. Is there? I didn't catch this. I there thought, is I've legitimately a mid-credit scene. I turned it off immediately because I was so fucking bored. Oh, no, bored. I don't blame you. I, I don't blame you, but like the thing is, I, w- I also had to be told this. I also turned it off as quickly as I could, but then I was told, oh, did, you, did you see the mid-credit scene where fucking Nick Fury shows up and says it's called the Dalmatians Initiative? Um, and no, there is one, which is... Um, yeah, the fucking uh, Roger and Anita, the two sort of like side characters in this, who are the parents um, uh, in 101 Dalmatians, each get a Dalmatian puppy from Cruella, thus setting. It's like you know, time's a flat circle, right? Everything we're ever going to do, we've already done. Um, and so she, she sets up the events of 101 Dalmatians, and we end with Roger playing the song, which I've had stuck in my head all day. About Cruella Deville, and that's the movie. <sighs> Great! It's not gay. It's, it's not it's gay. It's not gay at all. Tragic. And the the thing about being evil is that it's a vibe. Yes. The thing about being punk is that it's a vibe. Yes. Um. The thing about being gay is you know that what? it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> it isn't anything. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's, it's impossible to say. Mm. Uh, it just you know, sometimes it's good to be unconventional. In what ways? Can't tell. Couldn't you. possibly just, say. You, yeah, yeah. I don't think we need to scum score this. <laughs> no. We are on a mainline episode, but uh, yeah, nah. um, this is uh, no, it's girls' night. Yeah, we don't, exactly. Really. I, I, I'm sure we we scored Van Helsing, but this doesn't matter. I don't feel any need. To. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Van Helsing. This is. In. Yeah, this this has been. I think that maybe the perfect choice for us. Not a good movie. Um, no. But I, I. Yeah. I mean, what have we learned about femininity? That the 
when you're a woman, you, you use gotta... it to kill dogs, yeah, and then use those dogs to make you beautiful. Just... That was the that was the moral of 101 Dalmatians. It's the only moral I ever needed. Uh, carry those words. What with do women do? We destroy other women. That's that's what we do. That's oh, we teach girls to shrink themselves, to make ourselves smaller, to to push each other off of cliffs with trained dogs. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and I I just really think that's so profound and so beautiful. Thank you for listening to Kill James Bond. And we'll see you next time with Rambo Four. It's just called Rambo. Mm. Woof woof. <sighs> woof woof. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Kill James Bond. Next week on the free feed, it's Rambo. And that's the fourth movie in the series Rambo, which of course goes First Blood, Rambo, First Blood Part 2, Rambo 3, Rambo, and then Rambo Final Blood, which is just great. Fucking smoke. Beautiful shit. It's like Fast and Furious. You Try harder. Um, but anyway, yeah, I got some fucking patrons here. If you're hearing this, you are a patron. So first of all, to all of you, big cheers. Thank you so much. Um, but to our 15 pounds and above patrons, hello. And those are Lo Beyond's daughter, Candy Fox, Freya Aloysius, Gustavo Lira, Jack Holmes, Mike Burke, Hannah Oberhart, Nick Boris, Power Dad, George Rohack, Kentucky Fried Commie, Johnny Del Carmino... Yarrick, Drone Lover, Nato Mori, Cohen Enright, Labor, Delenda S, Library Hitman, Commissar, Ozymandias, Beef Crime, Max Gamenhart, Jack Drummond, Jonathan Gurde, Callum, Bernie, Kit Divine, Hell, J. Martindale, Top O, Mothman, Trip, Lysamesh, Thotamus, Thotamus, wow, Thotamus Prime, leave that in, it's fine, let me be human, uh, a trans robot, Maeve Victoria Roth, Junior Roloff, Smash Lamp Jaw, very good. Um, kill James Bond highlights. Hey, Zan Hutchin. <sighs> All right, go on. Not Sarah's subby wee pay pig. That's not Sarah's subby wee pay pig is the name I've got on the, on the card here. Isopod Gal, Clarification, Alex, Violet, Cyber, Liz and Ash in Florida, Katie Probst, Noblus Oblige, Corvid, Cultist, John2089, Bronan, Wolscott, Connor's Cool Big Sistu, Andrew95, Ramona Random, I'm not going back, Seng Chen, Carbon Silverpaw, Zoe Shepard, Douglas Winship, Emily, Queen of Sloths, Quinn Valeri, Loz Pycock, Alfredo, Mortran, Turfs eat shit and die alone, Al Irwin, Wolfie, Finn Ross, Inga, Goodbye Forever, Millie, Josh Simmons, Robert Greensmith, The Curious KDV, Lauren Bastin, and Philippa Smith. Friend of a show and friend of me personally, Philippa Smith. Uh, thanks for supporting independent podcasting. Because uh, <laughs> this one is Alice, Abigail, and Devon. The producer is one of them. Our podcast art is by Matty Lubchansky, and our website is by Tom Allen. See ya. Mwah.